The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. It is my pleasure, as ever, to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon or whenever you might happen to be listening on your iPad or your iPhone, walking your dog or getting all healthy on the treadmill. Wherever you are, we're happy that you are with us. If you do happen to be listening live, and that means it is Wednesday, September 17th, if you are on Pacific time, then you are listening at 12 o'clock noon and across the country, you'll end up and listen to us at three o'clock in the east. And if that is the case, give us a call with your question at 888-558-6489 and you can win a one-year membership in the American Vegan Society. So the show today is going to be quite delicious and a little bit different. In our regular guest segment, we'll be bringing on Gene Stone, who is a mega prolific vegan author. His latest book is The Awareness. You know him for Forks Over Knives, New York Times bestseller. But before that, I would like to introduce... Excuse me so much. A Main Street Vegan Academy graduate, a certified vegan life and health coach, a personal chef, and a purveyor of special order vegan and gluten-free baked goods, including her original kale donuts. Not a misspeak. That said, kale 
Donuts. You can find her at abcvegan.com. She is Esther Oakley and ABC Vegan all over the place on Facebook and elsewhere. Welcome, Esther. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Well, it is absolutely wonderful to have you with us. Now, I have tasted your kale donuts, and that is pretty amazing. You know, sometimes in your travels, you think, well, golly gee, that's something I never thought I'd ever see, and I never thought I'd ever see a kale donut. How did you come up with that? Oh, you know, it started as a joke with a friend who was... uh saying that he would eat greens if uh, they were tastier and comparing them to donuts. And somehow it became kale donuts, and that became me Googling to see if they existed, and they didn't. So then it became a challenge, and and then it happened. So, yeah. So have you always been a baker? Is that something that is customary for you to do? Um, a little bit. I mean, I liked to bake as a kid, um, but it's never been until now a huge part of my life. So it's been a really fun addition and it's fun to experiment in the kitchen and see what cool things I can create. Well, that's cool. And it's also very inspiring for other people who are listening and you create interesting things in your kitchen. You know, you can actually do something with it. I saw Esther at the Baltimore Veg Fest out there with her kale donuts, just yep. selling them. Like um, a house of fire, as my grandmother used to say. <laughs> so explain to me, what is a donut exactly? What makes a donut a donut other than that it has a hole in the middle? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I mean, there are two kinds of donuts. There are yeast donuts, which are like the more traditional ones um, that are the raised, fried, etc. Um, these are cake donuts, um, which kind of do seem to be... You know, they have a hole in the middle. Um, They're sweet. They're glazed. Um, Yeah, and that's where they are. I didn't want to go the yeast fried route because they're so healthy. I mean, everything in them is healthy. Kale, pecans, flaxseed, whole wheat. I mean, all whole grains, etc. Dates. Um, So I didn't want to go the fried route and sort of ruin that. So these these are cake donuts. Now, is there enough kale in there that it counts as a serving of kale? That's a good question. I've never quite broken it down that way, but kale is the largest ingredient. So there is definitely um, quite a good quantity of kale in them. That is fascinating. Now, do you plan to open a kale donut factory, (laughs) or or is this... Is this a proprietary recipe, or do you share with people how you do it? Right now, the recipe is, right now the recipe is proprietary as to where it's going to go. I kind of figure the sky's the limit. You know, I never expected to be selling them, and now I am. So, who knows? You know, were there someone that wanted to help me mass produce them? Then we would probably make that happen and go down that road, which would be so awesome. Um, I just sort of see. See what opportunities come along. Well, sometimes when you just put the word out, the the opportunities (laughs) return. So I know that you don't spend all your time making kale donuts. You are doing coaching. You're working with people that that goes deeper than just advice and, and information. What do you do with your clients? Um, I like to work with my clients, um, and really get into what, what will really change their lives. Um, you know, what, 
what we can do other than making sure they get enough protein, which as vegans we know isn't really an issue anyways, but, you know, not addressing more than the information questions and seeing where are they stuck? Where can I help? Where can I encourage? And where can we go deeper? Um, and that includes, you know, mind, body, spirit, the whole system. Um, and, you know, including body, we do get into the logistics and nutrition and how to eat right and exercise and everything, but really go deeper than that and address, address the big picture. I think that's the only way that change ever happens when when the whole person comes along. And it's so interesting. I was talking with someone this morning about the aha. So many people will tell you that they became vegan because all of a sudden, as this woman was saying this morning, I started to order an omelet and I just couldn't. And once I knew I couldn't eat eggs, well, then I couldn't very well eat pork fried rice. (laughs) And so what do we do to bring about the aha? Or can you bring it about in another person? I feel like everyone needs to get there on their own, but, you know, our job is to help guide them um, and to to listen and to see where we can go deeper um, with with where they're stuck. And if we can do that, they'll get there by themselves when they're ready. Well, I, I think you would be a wonderful coach. So if anybody is interested in uh, in-person uh, consulting on uh, vegan health and lifestyle, you can contact Esther Oakley. She is in Baltimore. But like so many of, of the vegan coaches, she works with people on Skype and, and telephone around the country and around the world. Her website is ABC Vegan. And that's on purpose, right? Because you want this to seem because it is. Yeah, it was very much uh, ABC, like, you know, learning your ABCs, starting with basic education and going from there. So, Well, just very quickly, the time goes so fast. We have about a minute left. But let us know what kind of new baking projects do you have in mind? Any other fabulous proprietary ideas? Um, you know what I, I just did for a client, a client contacted me to make a refined sugar-free cake, um, because his wife was having his, her 50th birthday and hasn't been able to have cake in two years, um, cause she can't eat white sugar or maple syrup. Um, so I'd never done that before, but it, again, like the donuts, it was a new challenge and it was exciting and interesting. And we came up with an amazing chocolate cake and chocolate frosting and, uh, he wrote to me and said that she was so happy she was in tears. So oh, wow. that was my, my most recent exciting adventure. But I love doing that for anyone that contacts me and says, I have this special need. What you, can you do for me? It just gives me a chance to explore and create something new. Well, bless your heart. Whenever I need some kind of strange and interesting cake, I'll know where to go. You actually take me back. You take me back to getting my vegan wedding cake. Um, which is going to be coming up on 17 years next month. And this lovely woman who's a baker but not a vegan figured out how to, how to do a beautiful uh, vegan layer cake. So we don't miss out on anything. No, not at all. Well, thank you so much, Esther thank Oakley, you. abcvegan.com. Everybody else, stay with us. We're going to be bringing on Jean Stone, author of The Awareness. Stay with us.
Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet? And be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. So happy to be speaking with you today. If you want to join the conversation, you can call 888-558-6489. We actually already have a caller. We're going to get to him in just a minute. But first, I want to give you a couple of announcements for the week. I want to let you know that the post this week on the Main Street Vegan blog is by Carol Schneider from South Florida, and it's about how being vegan can be elegant just as it is compassionate and delicious. She has a company called Super Size Me, and she combines how we can simplify our lives and beautify our lives and connect our vegan diet with all that great stuff. Also want to let you know a couple of things coming up. This weekend, this Sunday, I will be in Guelph, Ontario for Veg Fest Guelph. 
So if you're in that part of the world, please show up. Come and say hey. Uh, we're going to have some wonderful, wonderful speakers there. Jean Bauer from Farm Sanctuary, hockey legend George LaRock. So that's going to be a really great day. And the following weekend, I'll be speaking in London at VegFest UK. So next week's Main Street Vegan Show, this is so exciting, is going to be live from London. At least I'll be in London. My wonderful engineer Jeff will still be in Lee Summit, Missouri at Unity Village. And we're going to have Fiona Oaks, who's a wonderful endurance athlete, a champion. She's won the North Pole Marathon, which I can hardly even conceive of. And she's going to be talking with us from London. So you'll want to be around for that. And then something else I want to let you know about that I'm actually not going to be a part of, although I'm going to attend if I can. But I was so interested to learn that there is a group called Vegan Spirituality. And I was thinking, how do I not know that? Because vegan spirituality is my whole life. But lo and behold, there is a group. They have meetups all over the country, and they're going to be having the Vegan Spirituality Retreat in suburban Philadelphia on October 11th, 2014. You can just Google Vegan Spirituality and find out more about that. So without further ado... I would like to introduce you to Jean Stone. Now, I usually say to my guests, please just send me a two-line bio because nobody wants to hear your whole resume. But, oh, my gosh, this one is so fascinating that I want to read all of it. So, Gene Stone is a graduate of Stanford and Harvard. He's a former Peace Corps volunteer. Gene has been an editor of the Los Angeles Times, Esquire magazine, and a book editor at Simon and Schuster. He has ghostwritten 30 books for a lot of people, including Stephen Hawking, Yahoo Chief Solutions Officer Tim Sanders, CNN Executive Vice President Gail Evans, and Tom's Shoe Founder Blake Mykoski. Gene has written many titles under his own name as well, including, and this is so humbling for me with my cough, The Secrets of People Who Never Get Sick, which is really a terrific book, and I used some of those tips to not get sick for 14 months, but they didn't last forever. He's also written The Watch, the definitive book on the wristwatch, but we know him as a vegan author. He met Rip Esselstyn and his entire life changed. He's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Forks Over Knives, and has co-written with Rip Esselstyn, The Engine 2 Diet, and My Beef with Meat. His current project is Living the Farm Sanctuary Life with Gene Bauer. Gene also serves on the board for several nonprofits, including Ready for Rescue, which helps place animals from the New York City shelter system into foster homes. His newest book is The Awareness, a novel about the day all mammals gain human-like consciousness and go to war against humans. Welcome, Gene Stone. I'm glad to be here, but it seems like reading my resume has made you ill. I feel well, terrible. No, it, it's it's just intense jealousy. No, seriously, <laughs> I, it's so interesting. 
I have known you for several years, and I'm going to tell people how we met because this is so fascinating, and it really says something about you. I wandered into a vegan ice cream parlor on uh, in the East Village and was talking to a couple of the owners there, and one of them said, Oh, you, you ought to know Jean, Jean Stone, who's also, you know, works with us in, in the vegan ice cream thing. And he put me on the line with you and we talked for three minutes and you said, well, I don't usually do things like this, but do you want to come to the book party I'm having for Rip Esselstyn? And being a rather social type, I said, but of course. So we met when you invited a total stranger into your home. That says something. No, you weren't a total stranger. You were a, a vegan, and no vegan is a total stranger. Well, isn't that a lovely thought? And I tend to agree with you. Well, I can hardly wait to start asking you questions and learning all sorts of things about your fascinating life and about your take on the writer's life from a vegan perspective. But our caller has been waiting for quite a while. And are you there, Thomas? Okay, I'm going to wait any longer. Pardon? Is he there? You know what? We we've lost our engineer, so we'll try to get Thomas back. Thomas, don't go away. <laughs> when we see the engineer return, I think he can patch you in. I'm going to ask Gene something, but don't go away. So, Gene, is this your first novel? I know you've written about thirty-five books. Yeah, I've written actually more than that. It's sort of, you kind of lose count after a while. It's like having too many children. Um, but I always wanted to write a novel and um, never really had a subject matter that interested me enough until I became vegan and became an animal rights guy and such. And so I did write this novel with a friend because I really felt that um, I wanted a little help. And I'm very collaborative, as you already know. I've written books with lots of other people. So, um, yeah, so this is the first time I've done fiction, and it's uh, available on Amazon. It's called The Awareness, and uh, it's actually doing pretty well. I'm um, okay. very happy with it. What's the story? You don't have to give away the uh, ending. Just uh, make us I won't happy. give away the ending, but basically it's about the day that all animals get human-like consciousness. Um, not that they don't maybe have it already, but they certainly don't have the ability to communicate us with us the way the book portrays. And what they decide to do, because they're a little angry, is they go to war with us, with humans. So it's basically the story of an elephant in a circus in Texas. He's pretty angry. She's pretty angry. A hog in a uh, North Carolina uh, pig farm, who's also um, not in a very good place. A dog in New York who actually loves her companion and can't decide if he wants to go to war or not. And a bear up in the Canadian Rockies who's never seen a human, so he really has no idea what's going on. So the book is basically about these four animals, and it tells their stories as this war begins to progress. It really only talks about the first two days of the war, because each of the animals has to make, it's almost like there's a war going on the outside, but there's also a war going on inside each of the animals' minds as to what they should do now that um, the world has changed so totally. Oh, how fascinating. And knowing what an amazing writer you are, this has got to be a fabulous read. I already have it packed to take with me in the plane to London when I leave next week. So I'm going to get to Well, you have to tell me what you think. I would love to tell you what I think, and I'll bet I just love it to pieces. Uh, Thomas, is, is Thomas on the phone? Jeff, did we lose Thomas, our caller? 
Hey, Thomas. I'm Natalie. Oh, how did you go from? Hello. Oh, poor Thomas. Happy to have you both. Happy to have all. Of okay. Would this be Thomas? This is Thomas. This is this Natalie. Is hey. <laughs> okay, Thomas okay, first, then Thomas Natalie. Natalie. Welcome to the show. Hi. Sorry about that. Thank you. Okay, we'll Can take Natalie first, since Thomas is very patient. Okay. All right. Thomas called first, so let's hear from Thomas. Hey, Victoria. Hi. Hey, How are uh, you? Great to talk to you. I'm great. We actually met the first time you spoke at Unity in New York. I was the volunteer coordinator there, and uh, I had a film that had won the Student Academy Award and several other awards, and we talked about your husband's film and had a great chat and got to talk a couple other times. It's really great to... Uh, to reconnect, I discovered your podcast about three months ago, and I have loved it. I have learned so much. I've been a vegan for about 10 years, but it's helped me transition to a, to a borderline uh, junk food vegan to a very healthy green smoothie every morning vegan. That is absolutely terrific. And since you're the first caller, you can uh, give your information to Jeff, and you'll be the winner of the uh, membership in the American Vegan Society and a subscription to American Vegan Magazine. Do you have a question for our guest, Gene Stone? Well, I do. I'm really excited to hear, hear him speak, and I, I love his story idea. I can't wait to read the book. Um, you know, as a filmmaker, I've, I'm scheduled to shoot the psychological dramedy uh, next April that explores the nature of reality, but I really want to get into the vegan aspect of uh, storytelling. And... So I'm excited to read his book, and my question to him right now is: Is the book? Uh, do you feel the book is would be an easily translated to film, and is it already optioned? Um, that's a great question, and I think it would be very easily translated to film. Although, because it is animals talking, you'd have to do really terrific computer graphics or animation. Right. Uh, I have been talking to a few people in Hollywood, but that's like saying I'm breathing because everybody's talking to people in Hollywood all the time. Nobody's optioned it so far. Um, I'm hopeful. I've had some really great readings. Um, but I really think it would make a terrific movie. But more important, um, I think it would be an important movie because I, you know, I hate to say this about my own book, but um, I would like to think that it has the ability to make people think more about animals and our relationship to them. And as you know, in our culture, books can affect people, but movies affect people more. It's interesting. You know, I, um, I wrote the book for Forks Over Knives. So um, we had a situation there where we had the documentary and the book came out at the same time. And there's no question that the, um, the documentary just moved more people. It reached more people. Um, we, we live in a very visual society. More people saw the documentary than read the book. Yeah, I'm very excited about all of the documentaries like Forks Over Knives and um, Sick Fat and uh, um, Nearly Dead. Um, mm -hmm. And I hear Howard Lyman's got his story coming out, which is his birthday today, so I just wanted to give a shout-out to Howard and say happy well, birthday. Great for Howard. But, uh, There's also, do you know about Cowspiracy just came out? I don't know if you know about Cowspiracy, I, I but that's... I saw that. Uh, I saw that. We got the... I'm in Tallahassee. Florida now. We just got the first screening a few weeks ago, and they actually are scheduling a second screening. I loved it. It is really 
I'm actually paying yeah. for Victoria, uh, have you seen that? a couple of people. I have a couple of times. Yeah, we're actually yeah, going yeah, to supposed, I haven't seen it that. yet, but interestingly, now, I don't know if you know about it, but James Wilkes, who is the uh, great mixed martial arts um, fighter and one of the ultimate fighting champion winners, um, amazing guy, vegan for many years, he's doing a terrific documentary called Game Changer about how being a vegan makes you a terrific athlete that some extraordinarily famous and amazing people have now signed on to. That's a documentary that's going to come out probably in about a year, and when it does, I think its title, Game Changer, is, is real. I think it's really going to be a game changer for the vegan world. When they were shooting that, they needed some people in the background out at a, a really biker-type bar <laughs> far out in Queens because they were doing the arm wrestling competition with Rob Bigwood. So my husband uh-huh. and I went out there, and it was just the coolest thing because, you know, you come to New York City thinking your life is going to get really sophisticated, and it's like this is the first time I've ever been in a bar with $5 pitchers of beer and an arm wrestling device, but it was so cool. So I'm really <laughs> excited about that film. And then, of course, you mentioned uh, Thomas Fatsick and Nearly Dead. Fat Sick and Nearly Dead 2 is going to premiere tomorrow evening, Thursday, September 18th, all around the country. It's going to be one of those Fathom events where they do the screenings in regular movie theaters. So you can just do Fat Sick and Nearly Dead 2 Fathom events and see if it's going to be playing in your town on September 18th. I will absolutely be at Union Square here in New York City to see it tomorrow because Joe's doing a lot of good out there for a lot of people. So thanks so much for the call, Thomas. Be sure and um, give your address and your email uh, to Jeff so that you can get your subscription to American Vegan and your membership in the American Vegan Society. And uh, let's stay connected. I'd love to let you know about what's going on with our movie, Miss Liberty, as it slowly proceeds. As I guess with film, everything is slow, but proceeding is good. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had a director for that as well. We have a director right now. It's, um, you know, you never know when things change. So please um, give Jeff your info. Awesome. It was great to speak to both of you and, and just so happy and excited about the work that you're both doing. Thank you so much. A great thing. Have a great day. So we have Natalie. I think. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. How are you, Natalie? Okay, great. I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I was calling in to uh, see if I could win the American um, Vegan Society membership. I've been a listener since I became a vegan. Your book was Main Street Vegan was actually the first resource that I found when I decided to try veganism, and it really it just opened my eyes to a lot of things. And even though I wasn't ready for everything at first. Um, because I had your book as a foundation, then when I heard more information on your podcast, like, it just, I mean, it really helped me, like, make a further transition and be more committed. Like, I I choose, now I know more about vegan cosmetics. I really didn't know until you had an episode a couple months back. 
Um, I've purchased books that you've mentioned, and I follow, like, Our Hen House, and I really enjoy that podcast. So I think you're just a wonderful resource, and anyone that I meet, I tell about you, anyone that's interested in this kind of lifestyle. Well, that is very, very kind of you. Go ahead and give your information to Jeff, because last week we had to pre-record the show, and we weren't able to give away a new membership. So you just got in under the gun. <laughs> That's so funny. We would love your calls, love to have your questions for Gene Stone. He's the author of the new novel, author of Forks Over Knives and of Secrets of People Who Never Get Sick. So give a call, ask a question. But Thomas and Natalie are going to be our winners today of that membership in the American Vegan Society. And um, anybody who just wants to join can go to... uh, AmericanVegan.org and read about the good work that they're doing and just uh, join up and be part of that. Do you have a question for Jean, Natalie? Um, I have just a comment. I had heard about the awareness and it was, you know, I was interested, but hearing him speak about it, that's why it's so great that when you have these interviews, I'm definitely interested and I'm so excited to know that it's on Amazon. And I can't yeah, wait well, I to hope you, read um, it. Read it. So, and if you like it, um, please leave a review. I will. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Natalie. Bye. Don't leave before you give your info to Jeff. Okay, thank you. All right, all the best. Gosh, Jean, one call with you and we get a party. <laughs> it's always a party with me. <laughs> so you are truly a writer's writer. I admire you so much. I just turned in my 12th book, and it's hard writing books. And, and just It, it, it is. Pe- people have- always say, oh, it must be such a wonderful life to be a writer. And by the way, 12 is more than most people do. You're, you're um, pretty remarkable yourself because very few people can, can do that. But as you know and I know, um, writing isn't easy. It seems to people who don't do it like... Oh, it must be so nice. You just sort of sit home and words just flow out and then they get published and everybody likes you. But it's not like that at all. It's, I'm sure you know it can be very difficult. Well, it's difficult and then the business is difficult and more difficult, I think, than it has been in the past. I was talking to a prolific uh, cookbook writer who has, is now doing a, a memoir and and they were saying, have you noticed that Publishing has just gotten a little strange. Publishing is, um, as most people know, this is not the era of print, and it certainly isn't the era of books. And publishing houses, I I was a book editor for for quite a while, and then obviously writing books I keep in touch. They're, um, you know, basically they're shrinking and shrinking. There are few editors. There are fewer services. They don't do what they used to do, which isn't to say that there still aren't some very good editors and publishing companies out there, but they're accepting far fewer books and they have much less time to work on them. So whereas maybe 20 or 30 years ago, you could have a lit book that was just sort of nice and publisher would accept it and who knows, it would sell 5,000 copies and people would be fine. That book would never get published today. Um, today, if you don't really have a platform, if you don't have the ability to say your publisher, I can market this book like crazy. Look, I've already been on this. I've got, uh, you know, a um, YouTube channel that has uh, 500,000 subscribers. I, uh, you know, tweet to 250,000 people every day. That's what makes people interested. So if you're just a 
good writer and you have really good ideas and that's it, as, as sorrowful as that seems, that's no longer the business. Well, I think that's what every writer sees. And yet, I guess on the flip side of that, vegan books are coming out fast and furiously. So well, I'm glad you said that because um, it is rather remarkable that just this last week, I think four or five vegan cookbooks came out. Um, Forks Over, the new Forks Over Knives book just came out by uh, uh, Matt Letterman and Alona Pulda, which is a terrific book. Um, I know that Jane and um, Anne Esselstyn, my friend Rip's sister and mother, have a cookbook based on S.E. Esselstyn's, um, or Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, Jr. Uh, his Just on book the show off, a couple weeks ago. We, we had that uh, whole half of the family. We need to get rid of Oh, you did? Oh, great. Very great. Their book came out. Um, I can't remember. There are two other cookbooks, vegan books have come out. Um, it's remarkable that, and it says a lot about um, publishing, and or it actually says a lot about the um, the country right now, since publishing is only doing books that they feel can sell, if they feel that vegan books can sell, that really says something about the, the marketplace. Um, I mean, I just finished doing a book with your friend, Gene Bauer, who is the uh, co-founder and director of the Farm, uh, Farm Sanctuary, which is, you know, I'm sure mo- many of your people know it's a wonderful place. Um, that book is coming out through Rodale next year. Um, and I keep hearing about, uh, well, I'm also going to do another book with Rip. That'll be our third book. Um, and I'm also working on another book with uh, Michael Greger, who is the vice president of the Humane Society. And this is a terrific book. This is called How Not to Die. Mm-hmm. Michael, who, my, Michael's amazing. Do you, do you know Michael? Oh, very well. Yeah, he's been on the show. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah terrific guy, really, really smart. And his YouTube videos have over a million views. They're, yeah. they're remarkable. I really recommend people go to them. And so we're doing a book that's pretty much based on them. And the idea is very simple, but I think very powerful. Uh, Michael is an enormously articulate spokesman for the idea that, well, if you don't want to have stroke, have a plant-based diet. If you don't want to have heart attack, have a plant-based diet. If you don't want to have Alzheimer's, have a plant-based diet. He's got uh, uh, a lifetime's worth of research on the subject. So, and, and that book is um, going to be published by Macmillan in two years. So what we're seeing is, strangely enough, at the same time as publishing is shrinking and people are complaining about uh, fewer and fewer books being published, more and more books about plant-based diet and veganism and animal rights seem to be getting through. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's because we're taking over the world. Maybe we're sort of like the animals <laughs> in your book. We're not declaring war, but we're getting a lot of books out there. Um, so- no, we are, and it's really been um, very gratifying. Um, you've been uh, a vegan longer than I've been. I've only been doing it for about eight years now. Um, but even when I started doing it eight years ago, I was a vegetarian a long time before that, but unfortunately I hadn't made the full conscious leap to being vegan. Um, once I did, a, a lot of my friends really were kind of like, you know, dude, you're weird. <laughs> you, 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 you can't do this. This is just too strange. This is like an eating disorder. And now I find um, it, it's very different. In fact, I, I'm also a watch guy. I love watches. And last night I went to a very fancy dinner for Mont Blanc, which is starting, which has a very lovely watch line. Um, and this was a group of 20 guys. You can imagine they're all watch lovers. I don't know that they know what vegetables are. But when I was talking to the guys sitting on either side of me, and I was explaining what my diet and all of that, it was just really interesting that instead of they're going, you're kind of nuts, 
they immediately went to Amazon on their iPhones. They bought Forks Over Knives. Um, they wanted to read it. Um, they're worried about their health. And um, it's, um, you know, it's just a sea change of, uh, of, uh, in this country about the attitudes toward veganism. It, it is indeed. It's very exciting. So what's your story? How, how did, uh, tell us how you got to be vegetarian and then how you got to go all the way. Vegetarian was a pretty easy thing for me in that um, I never really, I just, I don't know. I must have been in my mid-30s, and I started becoming very health conscious, and I started reading about how bad meat was, um, and, of course, I began to realize that we don't want to treat animals this way. But I didn't know enough to research more about dairy uh, and more about uh, eggs and such. I just, you know, I feel really bad about it, but I didn't do the full research. Um, But then many, maybe eight years ago or so, um, I got a call from my agent saying, do you want to meet a uh, Texas firefighter? And I said, no, I can't imagine why I'd want to meet a Texas firefighter. You know, I'm a New York leftist. And, you know, I'm just, no. And he said, no, I think this guy is really cool, and he's a vegan. It would be really interesting. So why don't you talk to him? And so I did, and it turned out to be Rip Esselstyn. And by the end of the first hour, we discovered that, um, well, we became like best friends almost immediately. We also discovered that his grandfather saved my mother's life uh, no. 35 years ago, which was such a strange coincidence. Um, and so um, he said, well, I really want you to write my book. And I said, um, okay, but I guess if I'm going to write a book about veganism, I guess I should be vegan, right? And he said, well, yeah. So I said, well, I'll do it for, let's say, a few months, and we'll see how it goes. But as you know, Victoria, like most people, um, I did my um, lipid profile before I became vegan, and then three months later I looked at it again, and my cholesterol had dropped, my HDL had gone up, my LDL had gone down, my triglycerides had dropped. My doctor, who I saw a few months later, goes, well, did you go on statins without telling me? And I said, no, I just changed my diet. And he goes, no, 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 seriously, you, you must have gone on statins. But the fact is, you know, from a health point of view, it's just the, it's the answer. And then um, I was actually at a party, and there was this guy there named Gene Bauer. And um, I went up to him and I said, uh, hey, my name's Gene, too, because actually aren't that many people named Gene. And so that was my introduction to Gene. And we became friends, and I said, we should do a book together. And as I learned more about what he does, of course, I got more involved in animal rights, and then I met my friend Nathan Runkle for Mercy from Animals, Mercy for Animals. And so uh, my progression was from somebody who came into it through RIP and health, and I still care about health very much, but also for animal rights, which I now care about even more. This seems to happen for so many people that you start doing it for one reason, and then you find out about the other reasons. And most yeah. people start for either health or for the animals, and then we all find out about the environment. We were talking earlier about conspiracy, and then that becomes part of it, and it's just this wonderful wave of, okay, somebody, just give me a viable reason not to do this. And there is a big push these days from the paleo people and and a a group of medical doctors out there who really believe that at least for some people, it's dangerous to eat only plant foods. But their reasons are always so esoteric. 
They talk about these strange nutrients that probably the body produces itself. They talk about certain amino acids that then when we go back to our dietitians, they say, no, that amino acid is in all kinds of plant foods. You may to be sure you're eating some beans for lysine, but you know, those other ones, where did that come from? So there's no reason not to, at least that's how I see it. No, I totally agree. I I, you know, occasionally get into the debates with the paleo people or the, you know, the non-vegan people. And I find that um, a lot of their arguments are just specious, or sometimes I think they're just imaginative. Um, because as Dr. Michael Greger or Dr. Esselstyn and many other people pointed out, um, there's, there's the only thing you're not going to get in, in a vegan diet is vitamin B12. And that's not because there's something wrong with a vegan diet. As you know, we used to get our vitamin B12 in the dirt that used to accompany the food we used to eat. Uh, it's only now in the last 50 or 100 years that we scrub our food and it all becomes shrink wrap. But it used to be that the vitamin B12 came through that. Um, people think, well, vitamin B12 is in animals, but it's actually we get, the meat eaters get it through the dirt the animals eat. Um, so basically, that's the one thing that you do have to supplement, but that's very easy to do. But if you do that, there's really nothing else you need to worry about. You get all the protein, carbohydrates, fats, everything that you would get in a, plant, in a non-plant-based diet, you get in a plant-based diet without getting all of the bad things, the saturated fats, the trans fats, the animal proteins, the casein, the tumor-promoting, you know, just all the crap that comes with the animal-based diet. Right. Well, I learned something researching my new book, The Good Karma Diet, that will be out next spring, and that was that humans used to make their own vitamin C. Just like dogs and cats, we don't need to give them citrus fruit because they make their own vitamin C. And I wonder if at some point we were able to make enough B12 as well because we do make some and some people actually make enough. Those early vegans in England Mm -hmm. who didn't know about B12, a few of them got very, very sick. And that's how we learned about B12. Unfortunately, that was how the knowledge uh, came to be. But they didn't all get sick. So it's a very, very interesting Mm -hmm. – and it's so easy to take. I mean – to me, but, but actually, you just said something I didn't know. This humans used to be able to manufacture their own vitamin C. Yes, in Paleolithic times, or no kidding, I know that's fascinating. It, it is fascinating, and it's so easy to take B twelve. I always look at it as this little bitty tiny rent that I pay for the wonder of being vegan. A little bit about the way high prices are what I pay for the wonder of living in New York City. <laughs> that was very well put. So I've got to ask you, what was it like to work with Stephen Hawking? I was just watching the trailer of that film about him that's coming. I can hardly wait. How was it to just be in the company of brilliance? Well, you know, it was um, pretty amazing. I have to admit I didn't spend that much time with him. He's not somebody who's particularly social. Uh and, of course, there's the element of it's very difficult to talk to him because he doesn't talk unless he's using his um, computerized machine. When I was working with him, which was um, over 20 years ago, um, the, 
talk-based computerized synthesizer was at a much lower level than it is now. So it was, it was difficult. Um, but being around him and being around his people was um, really one of the most interesting things I ever did. One of the great things about being a ghostwriter is, which I primarily do, is um, you get to meet amazing people, really just fascinating, smart, interesting people. And then um, instead of just meeting them, you actually then spend a great deal of time with them. And uh, in some cases, not with Stephen, because as I said, he was in his own world, but with many other people like Rip or, or Gene Bauer um, uh, or many of the other people I've worked with, um, you know, as a ghostwriter, you end up really becoming uh, very close to that person. Uh, for instance, Blake McCoskey, you know, Tom's Shoes, that yes. wonderful company that gives away a pair of shoes to a child in need for every shoe they sell. Uh, I wrote the, his book um, about his story and Tom's shoes. And by the way, Blake is a semi-vegan. He's vegan-friendly, and I think that he could go vegan. He certainly launched a line of vegan shoes for uh, Tom's. Um, and um, yeah, we had a great time working together. I think the book is good. Um, so one of the things I would say, if your audience is interested, if they're writers, that one of the great ways to break into writing about things you care about is to write for other people. Um, that way, if you don't have a platform, if you're not famous, you still get the benefits of being a writer, but you don't have to worry about doing all the publicity and all of the things that most of us really don't know how to do. Mm. And then you get to go to a publisher with a book in your own name and say, but I wrote this. Mm -hmm. So how does it work That's, with your uh, ghostwriter? Can you, I started to say, can you talk about that? Well, obviously you can because you are. Well, there are certain people um, that uh, have had me sign confidentiality agreements. They don't want anyone ever to know that they had a writer. Um, but most people don't care, in fact, and most people, in fact, um, don't care at all. In fact, uh, a lot of times they, they ask me to be on the cover. Gene Bauer, for instance, uh, the book is going to be by Gene Bauer with Gene Stone. But that's partly because we both wanted to have a book written by two people named Gene. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the fraternity of the genes. Exactly. Well, it's obviously, the gene pool. Yeah, you obviously play well with others, and, and <laughs> I do play well with very others. well because even when you're, um, you know, writing writing your own books, as with the awareness, you you have uh, John Doyle, a, a co-writer. So, what's the secret of writing well with another person? No, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm going to say that to some degree, frankly, it, it's, it's, <laughs> you really have to just sort of work on your ego. Um, if you're going to be a ghostwriter, the one thing you're not going to get is a lot of ego gratification. You're not going to be the guy who walks into the party and everybody goes, oh, there's the author. You're not going to be the person who's going to be the center of attention. You're not going to be the person who's going to go on TV. Um, you're not, it's not about your ego. It's about basically wanting to... It, well, in my case, I really like working with people who's, has a me, who have messages that I really care about. So for me, it's really just a matter of finding people who um, I agree with, who have the ability to take the message that I believe in, whereas I don't have the ability to go out and promote and publicize the way these people might do, and help them then create something that becomes you know, a major book in that particular area. And so you feel really good about it. But as I say, you just, there's no ego gratification. It's more like mission gratification. Mm -hmm. You know, when I wrote with uh, Rip, um, it was just wonderful seeing that book become a big bestseller. Um, 
Rip got all the attention, and he deserved all the attention because it was all his idea and his story. Um, but I got all the fun of getting to know Rip and becoming part of his family and knowing that, um, you know, I was part of a process that um, I really cared about. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about a book that does have your name on it, and that is The Secrets of People Who Never Get Sick. Obviously, I am not one of those. What are some <laughs> of your favorite secrets? Of pe- oh, I thought I was one of them when I went 14 months, which was my record for life. But, you know, humility uh-huh. just shows up where you least expect it. So what were some of your favorite tips in that book, which is a terrific book? It reads like a novel. It's just fascinating. Oh, thank you very much. Um, well, that was actually a fun book to write, and I did write under my own name. So I've written so many, I've ghostwritten so many books for doctors and done so much health research that I finally decided that maybe it was time that I, I wrote a few books under my own. And by the way, um, a plant-based diet is one of the secrets, and I do have uh, Rip as the person I talk about in that particular chapter. Um, but some of the other secrets, well, napping is actually one of the most important secrets. Um, which I thought was terrific because I used to think when I took a nap I was just doing something luxurious. But now when I take a nap, I know it's for my health, so I feel a little better. But personally, and I was going to say this to you, I found that for me the thing that has kept me from being sick for a very long time is eating raw garlic. Raw garlic, huh? Yeah, raw garlic. You obviously don't want to do this before you have a date. (laughs) You know, you, uh, you really don't have to, um, yeah, it's not, it's not a social thing, but, um, if you can get a, if you can just chomp down a clove of garlic, um, the allicin, which is the compound that really matters in garlic, is released when it mixes with your saliva as you chew it. So garlic pills are probably not the answer. It really is a matter of chewing on garlic. But, but garlic is absolutely amazing and it's been, um, it's basically been a cure-all in the history of um, of mankind, there's absolute, there's some uh, tablets dating back from 3000 BC that show that the Assyrians and Sumerians used garlic to treat inflammation and injuries. And there's actually um, graffiti in, in um, Egyptian tombs about people complaining that there isn't enough garlic to go around to uh, solve their health issues. Um, it's really it's been. As, as long as garlic seems to be around, we've known that it has amazing antioxidant, um, anti-inflammation properties. So I'm going to tell you right now that you should go eat some garlic. I, I'm going to go do that, Gene. Why not? Because I want to be yeah. really healthy to be taking these big trips one right after another. Have to Which is the least, that's one of the worst ways to uh, stay healthy. Flying, as you know, is not oh. good for your health. Yeah, that that's a bummer. But, you know, if you fly with garlic, then people won't try to get into a lot of conversations that you're not interested in, so it actually helps in both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeps people away from you. They won't breathe on you. They'll just avoid you. Perfect. Great. That is from Gene Stone's book, The Secrets of People Who Never Get Sick. The brand new book is the novel, The Awareness About What Happens When the Animals Get Human Consciousness and Decide That It's Time That Humans Get Their Own Back. Gene, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, callers. What a wonderful adventure it is to get to do this show and talk with people like Gene Stone who are changing the world and doing it so humbly and beautifully. Thank you, Gene. 
Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was such a pleasure. And to everybody listening, it was a pleasure to have you around, too. God bless you. Eat your veggies and garlic. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you Things may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.